What Do You Do? The Delusional Soccer Podcast. What do you do? A soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. So you're just outing yourself now that you haven't taken in all the all the football that you should have. Although we've well, only had six games so yeah, far. I'm watching today. Uh, the plan is to watch, you know, just to play today. So that's I'm fair. Today. Listen, it's fair. I, I don't need to be yelled at, but uh, that's it. It was a... Uh, well, let's start with that. Let's say here, so... Let's... The disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sheffield United and Wolves and Brighton and Chelsea... Have yet to kick off. And of course, uh, Manchester United, Manchester City, uh, Aston Villa, and who's the fourth club that has not played yet? Um, that is Burnley. Burnley. Yeah, so two Manchester clubs and two Claret and Blue. I actually didn't even realize that they weren't playing. Yeah, they. Yeah, they're they, not even listed on. No, they, they have the delay because of the yeah. European matches. So um, we've got six games that, that we've taken in, but there was some excitement in these six games, some yeah. results that maybe one of us predicted. Maybe not the scoreline correctly, but I'm just, just happy I got one prediction right. Shooting your own horn. One for one. Good old. You know, they can't see the video, but I'm doing a little uh, pat on my own back. Uh, nice. Yeah, so we what we made predictions for what game last week? We made our predictions for Tottenham and Everton. Ah, okay. So I, yeah, I think I'd gone 2-1 Tottenham. And I had gone 2-1 Everton. Everton. Of course it ended up 1-0 Everton, but um let's talk about this one for a little. I am and I believe me, I absolutely admit that there's a bit of a bias in the joy that I took in watching this match. I will do my best to, you know, give the analysis not based on that, but Everton looked exciting to me. Um, yeah. And I kind of while I was watching them, I'm like, you know, they're they're passing. They're you know they they held on to the ball very well, um, especially late in the game when Spurs were trying to claw themselves back in it. Everton were holding on to the ball. Um, yeah. And Spurs just couldn't get a touch of it. So, um, but I'm looking at this Everton lineup, and I'm like, there's just like this lineup is full of players that it's going to take a little while for them to mesh together to to really you know hit their stride. But like, they have a a big lineup full of players that have come from big clubs and won big trophies. Like, you look at their back four, and uh, you know Luca Dina played for what, PSG and Barcelona, obviously not six, all that successful spells for the player, but while he was there, they were winning things. Yeri Mina, the same situation. Allen just signed from Napoli. Andre Gomez, of course, came from Barcelona. Um, James Rodriguez, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Monaco before that. It, you know, everyone knows what he did at the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. Like, this team... I don't think we can underestimate Jordan Pickford, your yeah. favorite goalie. <laughs> yeah. Nations League. Um, no, yeah, but like um, I don't think we can underestimate what um, what that can bring to a team because if you look across to Tottenham, it's 
it's a much different outlook as far as the success that they've had at the club level. Like Hugo Lloris is their captain and and captain France to a World Cup, so that that brings something. But what I'm, I'm saying at the club level, like it's just that pedigree is not easy to find. Right. Um, so I think Everton can really be exciting, especially with um, Carlo Ancelotti as the as the manager there. Yeah, that, I mean that was the, that's what I sort of texted you about, like uh, comparing just these lineups. You know, like over the past couple of years, we've always talked about Everton and how they've underperformed. They've slowly gotten some some exciting players, and you know this year, um, sort of sort of putting final pieces together. But like you look at like I was looking at like Tottenham's midfields, like the like the five midfielders under the striker. Yeah. Whether depending, obviously they play different formations, but like, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, you have Hoiberg, Winks, Lucas, Deli Ali, Son. There's some excitement in there, but like when you look at like a couple years ago, we were looking at Tottenham as this team that was coming on up, and you know, like they were just like this type of team that was like going toe to toe with these bigger clubs, and they were sort of making a name for themselves, but they haven't won anything. Uh, and now time has gone on, and it's kind of just like there's less excitement when looking at the name Deli Alley than there was a couple years ago. Harry Winks is certainly less exciting. You know, you have Lucas and Son, and you know we have we still have yet to see more from Hoiberg. But like looking at like, and then I was looking at Everton. I'm like, I'm like, you got Gomez, Richarlison, James Rodriguez, which it's still crazy to think that he's he's. Where playing in an Everton shirt. Yeah. You, know, you have Allen, then you have Decore, who's been someone who, you know, has been waiting for a move to a bigger club, and he finally gets it. And I don't know, just like that, you know, I, like I think, you know, if you average it out, there's probably, Spurs probably have the edge, but I think with players like James Rodriguez uh, or Charleston, they sort of tip the scale, they just make Everton a little bit more exciting to me. And I mean, it showed. It showed in the first game. Yeah. Um, now I think Tottenham have a a big problem early on this season, especially start now starting off the loss because um, Jose Mourinho has publicly said that he wants a striker. Um, they need somebody to back up Harry Kane, and that's just something that they've they've needed for years. You know. Um, Fernando Llorente filled that role for a little while and, you know, actually scored some important goals along the way. Um, but they just have lacked that that second guy that can really sit behind um, Kane and play some important minutes. Like, that's the thing. They, they've had strikers that have been able to come in and play the meaningless minutes, the garbage time minutes that don't really matter. But So they had this match on Sunday. They have the second qualifying round of the Europa League away to Lokomotiv Plovdiv on Thursday. Then you nailed it. You nailed it. Then turn around on Sunday, away to Southampton. Then um, after that, they have the EFL Cup third round, the Carabao Cup third round against either Leighton Orient or uh, Plymouth Argyle. Right. And then a quick turnaround to Newcastle. And um, if they get 
through Locomotive Plovdiv, which we expect them to do, regardless of the team that's put out. Um, if they get past them, you throw another another fixture into that little slate because um, they are starting early in the qualifying rounds in the Europa League, and it's just a, a nightmare for Jose Mourinho to start the season like that, and then especially to uh, to lose at home to Everton. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing with, like, the striker, like like you said, like, Harry Kane hasn't really had a proper backup. They've used Lucas Mora occasionally, or him and Sub would play. It's mostly been, like, false nine type things, or just completely different profiles, and then there's Fernando Urete. They haven't found someone who can consistently fill up that backup spot. And then, also, the big issue is Harry Kane hasn't stayed healthy. It becomes less of an issue if he's not, if he's healthy most of the season. But dealing with injuries, it, it makes those those problems far far more glaring. And it just you know they've made they've gotten some signings in, you know Doherty, Hoiberg, like, but it just feels like everyone else around them, especially now when you look what Everton have done. You know, like it's one thing for the the five the other teams in the big six. You know, other teams like Arsenal, Chelsea. You know, City, Liverpool, like for them to be improving all around. It's like okay, if Spurs are still up and around there, you know that's that's one thing. But like to have teams below them, like Wolves and Everton, really start to bolster up. Yeah, you, you start worrying about oh, well, like is this going to be the time where Tottenham start to drop out of that? Yeah, that and hole? It, they've been regulars up there. It really goes back into you can even date it back to the transfer window where they were the only European team in the top five leagues that didn't buy an outfield player. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that maybe, you know, at the time it was bad. It didn't have as big of consequences immediately, but, like, when you don't revamp your squad at all for that period of time things are going to stagnate there's no there's no reinvigoration of players oh a new guy got brought in i might lose my spot i have to you know step my game up and keep it consistent um so i think that's that's part of the problem for spurs and um it's not something that i think they can fix in one transfer window but of course you go back to last season and they bolstered their midfield so they thought with tangy and dombele and you know they broke their club record um, to to get that player in. It didn't work out. Um, he's had disagreements with Jose Mourinho, um, and there's talk about him possibly leaving after just one season um, in North London. And it's you can't go from not buying anybody to breaking your club record fee and not having it work out. Like if you're gonna do that, it has to work. Yeah, and. So far for them, it's not. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a long, a long season ahead. Um, where did we have Spurs? Where did you have Spurs? You had them low. I, I had them eighth. I had Everton seventh. So really, the reason I picked Everton to win this game was like because my table, my table said to. so. They had to, they had to pick up points at some point. Why not start off uh, on the first match? Yeah, we'll see. Obviously, I don't want to get too over, too reactionary to just one game, but. Yeah. It could be another year where I have Tottenham uh, too high on the table. I have them at six and I have Everton at ninth. But I mean, yeah. we'll see. But this, and 
promising from Everton. Exciting to see. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. Like, I, I don't want to take away from what Everton were able to accomplish in this victory. Um, you know, the the goal itself, a set piece, a incredible delivery from Luca Digne, and uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin just rose way, way, way above everybody else. Loris didn't didn't move because he didn't have a chance at stopping it. It was just a perfect set-piece goal. Um, but there were chances for both sides. Um, Darty almost had a goal, um, forced a good save out of Jordan Pickford. Um, Richarlison is the most frustrating forward that has ever existed because he was in prime position. I mean, he was in a position where it's like, if you don't score, that's completely unacceptable, and he didn't score. Um, but he also had a couple other decent chances. So, um, just that one where he breaks away, he gets around Larice and just skies it. Just square it. Square it. Just, to- Calvert-Lewin is in front of the goal, in, in the face of the open net, with nobody around him. And, uh, so, yeah. it's just a frustrating thing to watch. Now, um, there has been some, yeah, moving on from, from Tottenham, there's been some, uh, some slight digs in the press from from some of these top managers, and I'm I'm kind of liking to say it. Jurgen Klopp is going after Frank Lampard and Chelsea's spending a little bit. Um, Klopp said the Reds have different approach to clubs owned by countries and oligarchs amid the COVID nineteen pandemic, um, and Lampard, you know, bites back at Klopp saying that Liverpool have players who came at a very high price and. This type of thing is so annoying when it's between managers that have clearly spent huge fees on players or been at clubs when the club has decided to spend a huge fee on players. You spent $67 million on Allison, and it won you the Champions League. It helped you win the league, like huge right, signing. The- $75 million on Virgil van Dijk and 67 on Allison, and it brought you what you wanted. But you just, just because you haven't spent in the last couple of transfer windows, because probably your club is in a tough financial spot right now because of the pandemic and because of that spending, it's just annoying when managers are very hypocritical um, about this type of thing. Yeah, it's like, I mean, like, the thing, and like, I feel like Frank Lambert sort of pointed to that. He's like, like, no, I'll, you gotta spend, clubs have to spend big. They, we all spend big. Chelsea haven't spent in the past couple of windows because there was the ban. Um, and yeah, Liverpool might not have spent in the past couple windows either, but before that, it's like, yeah, there was like stuff on Twitter where like Liverpool fan accounts were posting like, oh, these are the, here's the spending. Let's compare them for the past four windows. And someone's like, wow, you conveniently left out the window where you got Alisson yeah. and Dyke. It's like, like, like and Let's, that's the they spent so much. Yeah, like they might it might not have been. Keita, Fabinho, like 40, 50 million pound signings. Like and they, they built something, and it took a bit of time for them to get that Premier League success or even the Champions League success. Although it was relatively quick, uh, but they spent a lot of money when Klopp came in, and it took them some time to 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 get where they're at. Salah like, cost thirty five. You know, like that. Right. There is just there's money in this squad. Yeah. Um, now, like, there are some deals that they got done on the cheap, like the Andy Robertson deal. The Trent Alexander-Arnold, the fact that he, you know, was brought up through the academy is a huge, um, credit to them, and, you know, that obviously doesn't hurt their wallet, but 
you know, you look around the rest of the team, and it like they they had to pay Southampton for Sadio Mane. They had to pay Newcastle for Jorginho Wijnaldum. Did they hit the fees in one window like Chelsea are doing right now? No, but Chelsea haven't spent in a year, so I I just don't the the short sighted the hypocrisy is is quite annoying. Um, yeah, and they, in my you, opinion, and you feel like maybe like managers say this stuff because it, so it sort of starts to get the, you know, like it's almost excused if they don't do as well. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know. I mean, like I, I obviously Liverpool got the win uh, against Leeds, but like watching that game, I kind you kind of get the sense it's like this isn't. I don't know if this is going to be as easy, and I had said that. On the last episode, about that, that was sort of my prediction. For yeah, we they weren't going to be as strong. We both um, we both led into that that idea just because it's it's tougher to defend the title than it is to win it, right? Uh, and you know maybe that maybe there's some feeling there. Maybe there's some own frustration um, with what they've been able to do. Obviously, the club, you know, we're are looking trying to go after Tiago, not willing to pay all that much. Uh, I don't know, maybe there's some frustration there with his own board, or maybe it's just trying to deflect for, for what's going on. With yeah, I don't know. But, like, good good players cost money. League titles cost money. Um, there are the very, very outside um, incidents where um, a very low-cost squad brings you a title, like Leicester City, but... Um, look how much they've had to go out and reinvigorate their squad just to get back into the Europa League, just to get up to European qualification. You know, that title might have been cheap, but they've spent money since then. They've made some good money on N'Golo Kante and, of course, on Riyad Mahrez to Man City, but, um, and now on Ben Chilwell. Mm-hmm. But, I like, footballers cost money. We, I think it's weird. It's one thing for, like, you and me were on the outside looking in to say it's ridiculous that that the cost is this high in total. But for right. someone who's on the inside, who is a direct... His success is directly affected from the money that has been spent throughout his career as a manager. Yeah. It's weird for him to criticize um, another manager. How, I, much, yeah, how much does Jurgen Klopp make? How much does he get paid? <laughs> I'm going to look up his salary right. real quick. I'm gonna talk money here. Like Um His I mean, I don't know his salary. His well, what's his, his net worth? His net worth is approximately twenty million. Yeah, like you wanna talk about money, like I mean obviously it's not completely correlated, but it's like No, but like it know. like it's what it's what the sport is. It's yeah. what the sport is. It's uh, it a hundred percent. Um but let's let's talk a little bit about the match on the on the pitch for for Liverpool. Um, let's talk about you know Salah's hat trick. Of course, uh, two penalties, fourth minute and eighty eighth minute penalties. Um, he did get that uh, the second goal though in the thirty third. Um, Leeds United looked exciting. Uh, Jack Harrison, former NYCFC player. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He, that name what, sounded familiar. When he was young, his parents moved him to Manhattan. Um, he went to school and joined a soccer academy. You know, ended up playing with NYCFC. 
Where was, is he? What? What? Where is he from? He's English. That's they did that backwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he um, then was sold by NYC to Man City. Man City loaned him to Leeds. I believe Leeds now own him outright. Um, he got a, a incredible goal, but what a what a goal to get on your Premier League debut at Anfield. Um, and I believe he started in Manchester United's academy, um, if I'm not mistaken. So he's uh, he's bounced bounced around between the the top clubs a little bit. But he'll um, love a, he'll love a goal against Liverpool. But for sure. yeah, definitely uh, not the trajectory you'd expect. Um, Patrick Banford also scored. Um, I'm gonna give you the pronunciation on the on the third one since you actually you know have a friend that has that first name. I don't know how to uh, pronounce that. Mateusz Klitsch. All right, I'll take it. Uh, Matt. Yeah. Oh, Matt Klitsch. Matty Klitsch. Uh, <laughs> Matty Klitsch. Uh, yeah. So, like, this looked like... When they, when it was 3-3, I was like, okay, this is going to end as a draw. I'm like, uh, I, I, like 3-3, I'm like, yo, Bielsa, I, he might have something going here. Wait, well, yeah, well, you said, what, where do you have him, at 20th? You got Leeds at 20th. I don't want to hear it. I did? I think so. No, 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 no. I have leads in 10th. This is what I mean, to 10th. You said they were going to do really good this year. Um, look at that. I have them in 17th. I have them just staying up. But, hey, I don't know. I don't want to get too caught up that, like, they scored three goals because, like, Norwich scored two or three goals in, like, their first game, and you did a whole segment no, that podcast. that about about them being able to stay up. Do they, oh, maybe you wrote an article. Do Norwich have the goals to stay up? That's what you prompted me in one of our episodes. And look how that turned out. Because that's just not how it that's you're just wrong. You just you're just wrong. No, you brought it up on I the, did bring it up. You made it a topic on the episode. Yeah. So, hey, like do they have enough goals? But it wasn't have? because they scored Three on the first game. The first game was against fucking Liverpool. Let's see. Norwich. Who I didn't did... say the first game. I'm saying early on they scored. And you oh, yeah, down. yeah, yeah. This team's going to stay up. This team's going to get tired. And they four. ended up you scoring 26 goals all season long. <laughs> because Timo fucking Pookie scored 100 in the first week and then didn't score again, apparently. Yeah. 26 fucking goals. That, that had to be the... The That's least awesome. amount of that that it's the least amount of goals by a wide margin. Um, no one was there. They were within five of the next lowest scoring team, who was Crystal Palace. <laughs> I feel like Leicester scored almost half that in a game. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that, man. I do not want to think about that. They, but Leeds like United, City, <laughs> City versus Watford. Aggregate over last season was almost half of what they scored all season. Oh my god! I think that Leeds are a different case than Norwich, but uh, only time will tell. No, I think they will be too. But uh, you know, we'll say that they're fifteenth now. Obviously, it's one game, uh, but they're certainly it's like right now they're in the part of the table where it's like, hey, you're the. You're the best team that lost. Come on, it's the first, it's the first friggin' game. You're looking you're the, at the table. You're the best team that lost. Fifteenth. <laughs> oh, love that, love that. Uh, well, um, hey, go on, hey Zach. As a, as an Arsenal fan, you could look at the table and say, Ah, it's not in the right outside the drop zone. <laughs> That's perfect. That's where they're gonna stay. 
Arsenal top of the table on alphabetical order um, above Leicester City right now. Hey, you guys got a good win. You normally have either a wild win or a loss in the opening match. This is a comprehensive victory, which is something something new for you to 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 dissect and and live with. Let's let's uh, before we before we talk about that real quick. Let's start to a quick ad break. What do you do? I think that's the first time we've said the name of the podcast on this episode so far. It's the Ilto 8 podcast. It is an Ilto 8 podcast. Um, but let's take an ad break real quick, and we'll be back after this. Do you enjoy forms of entertainment that usually take 90 to 120 minutes to complete? Do you expect that time frame to include moments of sheer drama, utter heartbreak, or end-to-end action? No, we're not talking about the 2017 FA Cup Final. We're talking about the movies. movies. On Cue the Banter, Jared and I talk about our favorite movies and try to get each other to watch those movies. And we try to convince you to watch those movies as well. Add them to your queue and let the banter ensue. Cue the Banter, an Ilto 8 podcast. Enjoying Footy You Do? If you're a fan of Zach and Jared's, you're going to love another Iltoe production, Banana Land. Each week, we'll talk about socially dystopian topics that are sure to get you talking. Topics like the Mandela Effect, what your tombstone will say, or even the origins of mankind. There's something for everyone. Sounds interesting, right? Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and stream wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. It was literally, I, I know on, on, on Banana Land, Sal say, let's take an ad break. They'll take like an hour and a half break. They'll just stop recording. Really? It depends on who he's depends with. what he's with. He was recording, you know, at Mike's house um, I haven't listened in, in a previous episode. episode. Yeah. And they like, they stopped recording and they like got back to it like a, an hour later. Um, it kind of adds perspective. Yeah. I like this way though of hitting pause and then hitting resume immediately like um but so arsenal did get a 3-1 or 3-0 win Ooh, i think i predicted 3-1 on something um a 3-0 win over fulham in a london derby to start the season um lacazette gabriel and pierre emmerich albamiang with the goals william he is a gunner already man i mean you know once a gunner always a gunner uh, two assists, <laughs> two assists. The third goal that wasn't assisted by him, uh, he was very much involved. It was his shot that was saved and then deflected to Lacazette. Um, so a, a fantastic debut for him and for Gabrielle. A center back scoring on his debut is uh, definitely not one of those things that happens every day. But it and this just is just like, just like William not beating the first man on a. Are beating the first man on a on a quarter kick. Yeah, that's both, fair. Both both rare. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were some some surprises in this lineup. I'd say that uh, Ceballos not starting, and Mikel Arteta giving a Premier League start to new baby thanks Allah, Mohamed El Neni and Granite Shaka in a two man midfield in 2020. I just didn't think that was possible. Like, yeah, that's weird. It's it's um, insane. It's like El Nenny, so based on like and they were good. Yeah, like I, is El Nenny like I don't know. I don't follow like going to the deep dives of, of Arsenal transfer Twitter, but like what is what do you 
what do people feel the plan is with Elneny? Are they looking for a move for him? Is he going to be part of it, part of this project? Like, what's? Um, it seems like he's going to be part of this project because, um, obviously, since he was picked to start, he's that's got to carry some weight because you know Ceballos is already back and has played. Um, so not picking him was, um, I guess. I wouldn't say questionable because of how it turned out, but it was definitely unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that Elneny got that start, um, the future of Matteo Guendouzi is still up in the air. Um, it seems like Lucas Torreira is on his, his way out. So Arsenal really need the numbers in midfield. Now there's rumors of incoming players, Thomas Partey, um, Hussein Awar, are ha- ha- they've both been linked and you know the club's that um, currently own those players have said that Arsenal are interested in their players, but haven't um, sent enough money. So I, even if they get one or the, one of those players, I think El Nenny still, you know, sticks around and plays a bit of a, you know, plays a, a role in this team because um, especially because of the congested fixture list, we're doing the same, same amount of games in the season um, with, I think, four less weeks or something like that than usual. Yeah. So um, so I think he's going to stick around. But this was it, just an overall good performance from Arsenal. Um, I don't know that we're going to really be able to um, predict or really dissect what Arsenal can do for a couple of weeks this season because next week they have the worst team in the entire world that they're playing, they they're hosting West Ham, um, and then after that they play Liverpool. So I like I like this. I like that we're like because normally we we go through the season and it's we talk about West Ham. And it's like wow, West Ham might go down. And like we're hoping for it. Yeah. Uh, and now we're just it's season game one of the season. We're just like you know what. Let's just start the narrative. West Ham is the worst club. Yeah. <laughs> just England. fucking relegate them from the fucking championship too just send them down to league one um but yeah so so that'll be interesting to see not it not a great start for uh for fulham um you know they came up to the premier league were relegated right away and were promoted right away again but um regardless of my prediction um, of how the table is going to turn out a lot of people seem to think that fulham finishing 20th is very, very likely. Yeah, I mean, they didn't do anything to prove anyone wrong in in match day one, but of course it's a long it's a long season. So, and I think uh, that I think that this will kind of say like, hey, Shad Khan, uh, we need to buy some players. We need to bring. Yeah, we can't just have defensively. Is, like, yeah, sorry, but I like Tim Ream. For him to to, to He's a championship center back. Yeah, to confidently say you want Tim Ream to start at center back thirty eight Premier League matches would be a little bit foolish in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah, let's see the. I don't really have much to say, unfortunately, about the the Leicester City match. Uh, they beat West Brom three nil. Um, two penalties scored by Jamie Vardy, so him and Mo Salah are already in a Let's talk golden about the boot kits. race. Why are we about the the kits? kits, okay. Are we talking about just Leicester? Yeah. I mean, or are West we talking Brom's. about West Brom's weird stripes? West Brom does have 
weird stripes. They're not symmetrical. Some would say they're asymmetrical. Um, I don't know why their stripes are that way. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it's just like, I, I mean, that's the thing though, with these teams with that, like their main thing, like their main personality trait is stripes. Yeah. But have you, like, how do we do it differently? So, so it, I understand that from a certain standpoint, but have you seen their away and their third kits? I have not. Okay. So, I urge you to look them up right now. The stripe design is the same, so it's still the uneven stripes. One is red and yellow, looks like a hot dog, and the other is green and yellow. Norwich got relegated, we don't need more of that. It's it's the worst set of jerseys I think I've seen. It's really, really, really not good. Leicester City, though, with that, okay, that so fresh burgundy, that maroon. Green and yellow. Yeah, I like the maroon. Green yeah. and yellow for West Brom. What was the other one? Green and yellow for West Brom and red and yellow for West Brom. Oh, okay. What is this? This What is this other kit that's like purple? My, That one's from last year. It's got like kind of like a triangle looking shit on it. Yeah. I can't. Oh, my God. The red. Oh, red and yellow. So bad. Yeah. So not good. Okay. Burgundy. Burgundy kit. Lester. Lesser, and the Jackson. fact that it's just the entire country of Thailand that sponsors them. Thailand smiles with you on the front of their jerseys. It's beautiful. It's just... <laughs> it's beautiful. Some things you love to see, and that's at the fucking top of the list. Yeah, I do like the... I, I like the Burgundy kit a lot. It is really nice. I even... So their... Lesser's Away kit is... It's basically the same design, just white. Just white. Um... And I think it's got blue lettering, but unfortunately for me, it's ruined by their sleeve sponsor, which instead which, of keeping it a neutral color, is red. So they have a white jersey, blue writing, and like gold trim, and just red on the one sleeve. Yeah, um, it's like it's like with the um, the one was the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, their sponsor's the Harley Davidson. <laughs> so it's just like the black and orange on the on the patch but I, like if, to be fair if there's any basketball team to be sponsored by harley davidson it's the milwaukee Bucks. yes i mean just just be wisconsin <laughs> um crystal palace they beat southampton uh one nil i'm a big fan of their their uh kit schemes but um the the last thing that i want to touch on for this week is newcastle united i texted you that i really like this newcastle team i didn't realize I don't think you realized they had Callum Wilson nope I didn't realize they signed Jeff Hendrick and both of those players scored um where's Jeff Hendrick who's Jeff Hendrick he was he's a midfielder he was at Burnley oh yeah okay yeah yeah the name sounds familiar yeah yeah Yeah. they signed uh Jamal Lewis at left back from Norwich I think that's a really good signing Mm -hmm. you know in, in attack Andy Carroll had a good game, which is weird because he's Andy Carroll. And it's 2020. And it's 2020, yeah. Um, but Andy Carroll, Callum Wilson, um, Alan St. Maximin, you know, it like the midfield yeah. with Shelby, Hayden, and Hendrick. Like, I I really think that Newcastle yeah. could be could be decent this year. And, you know, off the bench, they brought on your favorite player, Miguel Amarone. They have Sean Longstaff. They didn't like, even use Ryan Frazier, who they signed for free. They 
They have Ryan Frazier? They have Ryan Frazier. They're just like Bournemouth they're just, now? They're, yeah, they're, they're Bournemouth, but, you know, still in the Premier League. Yeah, Bournemouth A. They didn't use um, Matt Ritchie, which, thank God, I didn't have to see that guy's dumb fucking face. Do they still have, pardon the French, do they still have the other long staff? They have both, they're the brothers? I believe so. The only one was in the squad. Okay. Um, hey, come on, you bring on a lot, like, oh, we gotta bring on a long staff, you know? Yeah. They Listen, like, as long as one saying. long staff plays... It's fine, and that happened. Sean Longstaff played. Matty Longstaff was not in the squad. I don't know the situation there, but um, I do know West Ham, bad. It, like, just look, they if, don't look like look at their team. It doesn't look. I know, I like players like Lanzini, Philippe Anderson, Yarmolenko, Sebastian Haller. If Mikel Antonio and Thomas Suchek can recreate their form from Project Restart, they they'll win the league. Yeah. <laughs> but they they won't recreate that form, and they'll finish twentieth. Yeah, it's just for now. Yeah, I don't know. This this, this isn't about this West Ham. It's team. it's also managed by David Moyes. Yeah, I yeah I think They're that's a... probably it. I think David Moyes is the first manager to get sacked this season. Yeah, well, the, yeah. I, I honestly, I you sort of feel for him because they what they just got rid of. They got who was it the one player they got rid of? They sold to I believe it was Leeds, or maybe it was to Aston Villa. They oh uh, no, uh, Diagana. Diagana. They got they sold him. But that like that move, from, it from my from my view, it seems like that's just like a huge mess up from the club because they had this young player who's talented, and they loaned him to West Brom last season. Right. And this guy goes to West Brom. Feels something special, gets promoted, and yeah. thinks I that's who I want to play for. That's just a huge fuck up from partner French, partner French, partner French. That's just a huge fuck up from West Ham for allowing yeah. that to happen. Yeah, and like Declan Rice is going to be someone that we're, we're going to be hearing a lot of stuff about in the next couple of weeks because yeah. you know, Chelsea are going to be hot pursuit for them. And the thing is, West Ham have always, the thoughts that they've always had is they're going to need to sell players if they're going to want to build up the squad and buy players. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they could probably get some decent money for, for Declan Rice. And uh, I don't see why he would even want to be here. Yeah. I think it's, it's, West Ham are the new Everton. They have good enough players to do things that they don't do. Um, but, and... I, I would, but I, even that's, yeah, I think they're even lower than that. Because yeah, at least Everton, right. work, they're constantly, the past couple seasons, they've been in the relegation conversation. Yeah. Everton do underperform, but they, and there was the one time where they had Big Sam, and that was mm-hmm. a time. But well, like, those like, were, Boston, those were days. <laughs> those were days. Uh, but like, they, just, they still have David Boyes. They're so, like, how, did he leave and then come back? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why? He was why gone. They brought in, um, who's the manager that won the league with City? Not Mancini, Pellegrini. Pellegrini. They had Pellegrini. Yeah, they had Pellegrini. They brought. Yeah. He got sacked. They brought back Moyes, and yeah. and you know, that guy. He David Moyes can't even 
kind of like build the squad for the future and hope to like have wow. it as a project because his contract is up at the end of this year. It's and because just, he's David Moyes. They're, they're in such a fucking bad position. They really are. Just it's, It just seems like poorly run right now, the club. Yeah. And that's like another thing like with, with the talk around Declan Rice. Chelsea really want him. He came up through their academy. They're looking for a defensive midfielder. You know, he's, he's a feature in the England squad now. This is just not a place he wants to... He shouldn't really want to even be at right now. Yeah. It's not a good thing for his career. Uh, so, like, we'll see. We'll see if it's this, if it's, you know, this window or one of the next two. But, like, his time there is, is definitely limited. And if he leaves, we, we've said this to each other multiple times, if he leaves, they're going down. Oh, yeah. If, like, if he I mean, leaves. I already have him. I already if, have him going down. Yeah, but I like, think if, I don't think he stays even past whatever the winter transfer window is going to be. If it's January, if it's whatever it ends up being, right. I don't think he stays past that. Yeah, I I think that Declan Rice, by all means, does not finish the season a West Ham player. I just don't know if they get this deal done in the next three weeks. Yeah, because it's one of those for Chelsea who you know they Klopp is right. They are spending a lot of money, but yeah. it's one of those things they've spent a lot. Let's see, kind of, they're going to get, they're going to, they need to sell, but they also need to see what the team, what the product looks like right now. And if, if they look at that team and say, no, 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 we have a glaring hole in midfield or a glaring hole. I know there's some talk about him possibly playing in defense. Um, If, if they look at that team and say, there's a glaring hole that we need to fill, then they might spend the money to, to bring Rice in, and I didn't realize that he was um, a Chelsea youth player. Okay. Oh six to twenty thirteen. Um, Come but, home. Yeah, he's Come a home. blue. Yeah. Come yeah, on, blue heart. This fucking guy, Jared and his Chelsea narratives. You can never get fucking past him. But um, I think I think that's that's it for me, man. Unless do you want to get into a uh, a prediction for the game of the week next week. Yeah, what's our game of the week? I don't know. I'm looking up, <laughs> looking up the fixtures now. Yeah, um, we also didn't make our full on uh, match day one predictions. Yeah, that's that's surprising to absolutely no nobody. Yeah. yeah, so the table project will not work. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh Chelsea Liverpool at Stamford Bridge on Sunday, September the twentieth. Mm. Right, that's spicy. I like I fucking I fucking like that game. I'm sad that I'm making this prediction before we actually we get, get to this, see yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, I'm gonna be like Chelsea are gonna win. They're gonna watch like, well, Chelsea were bad against Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of this works. <laughs> All the money was wasted. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Kai Havertz only has one leg. Why'd we sign him? Like we, there's just so much that can happen from you know. Yeah. Am I saying that Kai Havers can get his leg cut off? Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Could I'm not ruling anything out. It's definitely not a threat. Cops, please don't knock on my door, a cab, baby. Oh my God. Um, what a fucking way to really I bring the show good. home. Yeah. Um, what do you think happens at the bridge? So, we're still feeling positive. You're still feeling positive. You're still you're three you're three hours away from the first game for your club this season. Buzzing. You're rubbing your hands together. It's an audio medium. You're gonna have to definitely stop that. Um, but you are still on that preseason high where right. anything can happen. Like you're gonna win the league. You're probably gonna win the Champions League. Like you're ready yeah. to go. Yeah. Um. 
Someone's mowing the fucking lawn. <laughs> I fucking love that prediction. I'm going to go 2 2. I'm not as uh, optimistic almost, about it. So you're, so you're going 2 2. 2 2. Do you want me to say which 2 2 Liverpool? Is that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, is that what you're looking for? <laughs> um, no, I think it's going to be an exciting game. Um, yeah. And there's that narrative now, you know. And after we get one one between Chelsea and uh and Brighton, Chelsea. we'll fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll fucking edit this whole spot out. But yeah. All right. So Jared's got Chelsea a three two win over Liverpool. I got a two two draw predicted. I got the prediction right. Week one, we'll see if either of us get it right. Week yeah. two, or if Liverpool uh, show up and, and is that a dog mowing a lawn that I hear outside now? I That's don't know, but it's just a sign that it's a time to end this podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Footy You Do and at Ilta Weight Podcast. You can uh, like us on Facebook, right? Facebook.com slash Footy You Do. That's what you say. It's not follow. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, hit the button. Hit the button. Hit the button. Oh, boy. Yeah. Find, go to Facebook. Type in Footy You Do. You don't find it. Fucking close out Facebook. You're not a boomer anyway. And, uh, you know, call it a day. But, Jared, as always. Well, pardon our French. Thank you.